Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. There is a... uh... something happening and let me just tell you I'm the last I do not want to manufacture hype God's doing something on the earth I don't want to manufacture hype but I also don't want to miss what God's doing on the earth if the spirit is moving and I don't want to be looking from a distance. I want to be, I want to be in the middle of what God's doing. Everybody say amen. I'm going to talk about, thank you, Lacey. I'm going to talk about something. This is what I plan to talk about. We're going to be reading a few Psalms this morning, but this is something that is very important to me. At the same time, I don't spend a whole lot of time recently talking about it just because it really hadn't been the what what where we're at but it, it's where God is and I want to talk about revival this morning Amen. I'm not trying to manufacture I'm not trying to preach on revival hoping that we have a good service and then something blows up and it all starts that's that's Jesus Jesus dictates when revival happens amen, amen. but I am going to pinpoint what I believe is the only thing that God, if, if the sovereign God of the universe, heart can be moved, there's really only one thing that moves it. And it's the one thing that marks every revival, and that is a hunger for God that causes us to do something different. Every, every, uh, first of all, let me say this. I am not an expert on revival. Amen. I've been in revival. Um, Y'all know my story. I'll tell some more of the story this morning. I have been in seasons of outpouring of God that marked my life and marked human history. Doesn't make me an expert on revival. And what we see, as everyone is probably aware of at this point, the the Asbury revival going on. Is it Kentucky, right? In Kentucky, is that right? In Kentucky, everybody's talking about it online. And we have a lot of experts popping up. Got a lot of professional revival people popping up and saying everything under the sun there is to say. And um, let me just say right now, I fully support what's happening at the Asbury Revival. And if you're listening to somebody who's talking down about it or criticizing or whatever, um, then I will say to you, it is not an uncommon trait of religion not to recognize Jesus when he shows up. It is not an uncommon trait not to recognize Jesus by the religious when he shows up. But to those who are hungry, to those who are thirsty, to those who are heeding the teaching to hunger and thirst after righteousness so they shall be filled, for those people, they're longing for the day when Jesus moves upon people in a way that bumps us out of our ordinary life into the extraordinary of God. I'm not saying what I'm not saying is that if we get hungry enough, God will move. What I am saying is hunger is present in every revival known to human history. Revival is a sovereign thing. Uh, I'm not picking on anybody, but if we call a scheduled set of meetings and call it revival, it's, it's not revival. It's a scheduled set of meetings, okay? And hopefully some good things will come out of the scheduled set of meetings. But revival is when God shows up and then everything changes, mainly our hearts. Does that make sense? And so there's lots of people. And um, I think, honestly, the charismatics, we're the worst at it that we try to over-explain everything that's happening on the earth all the time. and It's not a revival, it's awakening. It's not an awakening, it's the great awakening. It's not an awakening, it's not a revival, it's a renewal. It's not a renewal, it's a... And I'm like, you are exhausting 
trying to say what it is, what you, what, what you, what you, really the, the heart that's approaching revival just says, uh, really ain't sure what this is, but I want it. Doesn't matter what label we put on it. Um, let me taste and see that the Lord is good. And so I want to start off with this one verse. Let's, let's skip 37 and let's go to or 27. Let's go straight to 42. I'm going to read a psalm. Surprise, surprise. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs for God. Let me ask you the simple question. I'm not asking you if you want to have revival. I'm asking you if you are that. Spiritual hunger is different than natural hunger. Okay? Spiritual hunger is when we are dissatisfied and we begin to partake of God, Jesus, right? Everybody, 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 look, everybody give me laser focus. In the natural, when we're hungry, we eat and we're satisfied, right? In the spirit, we're hungry, we eat, and our soul is satisfied, but our spirit can never get enough. It creates a snowball effect to where hunger wants more and more and more and more. I can never get enough. I'm the most satisfied I've ever been, but I can't get enough. We've all ate ourselves to where we were stuffed. That feeling of stuffed doesn't exist in the spirit man. He just, the more he eats, the more hungry he gets. My soul is satisfied. I'm at more peace. Mind, my will, my emotions. I'm at more peace than I've ever been, but I cannot. Uh, uh, the appetites that were satisfying my soul become less desirable, and he becomes the most desirable thing. That is spiritual hunger. This, this uh, picture of a deer is, the, is not like a deer just kind of walking through a meadow and thirsty. This is the hunted deer. This deer is hunted. If you, how many of you guys hunt, right? And you hunt around anywhere where there's water. If you wound a deer, the deer goes straight for where? Water. Most of the deer I recover around uh, watered areas are going to go to the water, and you're going to find them near water because a wounded deer goes to water as a matter of life and death. So this verse is, as the deer, what really, as a, it's, like, it's like as a hunted deer that's wounded goes for the water, so my soul longs for you. It's not just a, a pretty little um, packaged, neat little process of I want God. It is I must get to the river. I must get to the stream of God as a matter of life and death. Does that make sense? So my soul longs for the water brooks. So my soul pants for you. Oh my God. Verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? Many things mark revival. Uh, let me say this. Many things are the product of revival. There are people who will discredit the Asbury Bible and say, well, it's not a revival of repentance, or it's not a revival of this, or it's not a revival of that. Everything that those things are are the byproduct of what happens when God shows up. That makes sense? You can't repent your way into a revival because you're not convicted yet. God shows up, and then you'll say, woe is me, I'm a man who's unclean and I'm undone. Matter of fact, this particular Asbury revival began in a chapel service, and the Spirit moved in, and one young man, I think, stood up and began to confess his sin out loud, and it broke out. I mean, the whole sanctuary where people were young, young teenage, young college kids were getting up and confessing their sins, and then they just were so hungry for God that they decided to stay a little later, you know, miss class, stay a little later, 
And then that's been going on for like, I don't know, 15 days, 24 hours, seven days a week now. It's gone from a sanctuary, a chapel that will seat like twelve to 1,500 people to their multiple buildings across the campus that people stand in line for over an hour and a half to get into the room. This is a, this is a predominantly Methodist and Wesleyan college. I am, A, I want to say to all my, my Methodist friends out there, I'm so glad that you're going through what you're going through, Methodist Church, that God decided to be so kind to pour out on one of your colleges such a healing balm for the Methodist Church. It makes my heart so happy. And I will be danged if I stand there and criticize what God is moving on to help those people. And so here's this healing bomb, here's this thing, and God is moving. It's 24-7, and, and uh, I'd love to jump in my truck and just go there, and I may do that one day. Amen? Um, and so the thing is, is like, what, are, what is revival? I, I hate that question because it's so hard to answer. What is revival? I, uh, it's really hard for me to explain what it is, but I absolutely know what it is when I get there. That makes sense? Um, it's, all the things of God, in my opinion, are like that. What is love? What is real godly love? It's really, can you explain to me what God love is? It's really hard to explain, but I know it when, I, when, I'm, when I've experienced the love of God. I know it when I feel it. That makes sense? Explain to me the power of God. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, right? And like, boom, right? Like, explain to me the power of God. It's hard for me to explain, but I know it when I've come under it. Explain to me conviction. I feel bad. Like, how do you explain conviction? No, no, no. It's more than I feel bad. Conviction is something that happens to me, and it's hard to explain, but when it happens, I want, I want to be a different man. That makes sense? And the things of God are hard to explain, but you know it when you experience them. And this is, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How many raise your hand? And, and, and this, is where we're, this is where we're at, where, where it's like the Shulamite woman, and she goes out, and, she, and, and they say, where is your lover? And she's trying to explain it. But the difference is, is you can explain God, and you can explain revival, but people don't know. People aren't coming to God based upon your explanation. They're coming based to God because whenever we're in the presence of God, there's something inside of us that they experience, and it marks their life for forever. Raise your hand if you remember the sermon with priests whenever you got saved. But you remember what you felt like, don't you? Make sense? So God is not trying to be explained. The Bible is not trying to be explained, but God in his, in his kingdom is coming to be demonstrated. And when it's demonstrated, it changes everything. Does that make sense? And so, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? In other words, getting before God, how can I get there? I can't get there fast enough. That's a statement about hunger. It's not a statement about methodology. Does that make sense? He wants to be before God. Keep on, keep on reading. Verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 4. Just keep on rolling with me. These things I remember. Everybody say, I remember. I remember. These things I remember. Say it one time. I remember. I could get up and I could preach a sermon about being a backslidden people. And, you know, we, we've fallen back. If you can remember a time where you were more in love with Jesus than you are, I, I'm not here for what I'm, here for what I'm trying to say. How many of y'all know what it's like to be hungry for God? Raise your hand. How many of you remember what it's like to be really hungry and thirsty for God? The whole point of this sermon, I could stop right now at the end of the sentence. The whole point of this sermon is if you can remember it, let's go back. Not to try to recreate what was. I love what, um, what Ray said to me a while ago. I haven't even brought up the Brownsville Revival yet because I'm trying to walk gingerly around the revival conversation because I do not want to rehype and rehash what was done in the past. 
And it's almost like, it's just what she said. This was the analogy she, she gave. How many of you know what an hourglass is with the sand? You know, these are the days of our lives, right? <laughs> <laughs> An hourglass with sand in it. And it's like, you know, we just, it, when, when, when the sand gets from the top to the bottom, we just turn it over and we just keep playing this thing with the same sand. What we need to do is just crack the jar, fill it with new, you know, new wine and new wineskin, new sand, in, in heaven, fresh, new, move, revival of God, whatever it is. That makes sense? But we're just trying to redo the same thing over and over and over again. And that's kind of why it's got some people about the Asbury revival confused because they walk in there expecting to see what they have saw in the past. Yeah, Amen? And they're not seeing what they saw in the past. They're seeing something new. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. Right? And they, doing something, and they see something new. And when they see something new, they don't know what to do with it. Does that make sense? All right, look right here. Everybody's fine. Look, I don't know what to do with something new. And so the thing about something new is, just, is we can't put it in what was old. Now, but what is consistent from something new to something old is the idea of I, I, I can't explain why it's different, but I can tell you that it feels, I, I, know, what it, I know what that feels like. Does that make sense? And so, and so hunger is the one thing that I can think of that is the true mark of any move of God. And if you're telling me in a world, in a world where the, the generation coming up is the most confused it's ever been, yeah. most um, distorted views of God and humanity and life that's ever existed, in my opinion, this, 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 and that they are choosing of their own will to spend 24-7 in a room locked up with God because the Holy Spirit has came and the 25-year-olds are stand, you know, standing there with the guitar and there's a thousand people just, just singing to the top of her lungs, not because he's the best guitar player in the world, but just because there's somebody singing to God and they all join in. And we're going to somehow say God is moving on this generation and, 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 and try to figure it out or confuse it or criticize it. Does that make sense? No, that doesn't make any sense. And, and, and for those who are doing that, we're, we're just saying, you know, in one ear, out the other, somebody say, man. But what we are saying is, in this, in this attention deficit world, to spend 24-7 with very little to no hype and just focus on Jesus for hours and hours and hours and hours at a time, What causes that? Hunger. Does that make sense? Hunger will make you do things you never thought you would do. I'm not a thief. But if my family was starving to death in an apocalyptic world situation, could I be driven to steal to feed my family? Quack. Because hunger will cause you to do things you, you, you would never do. It's a terrible, bad example to say spiritually. Look at me, spiritually. You may be, your life may be in this nice little uh, uh, way, packaged a certain way, and you may be just moving about your life, doing what you want to do, how you want to do it. And, and it, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying you're doing something bad. You're bad. Be better. That's not what I'm saying. But you may have these things. And I've got this going on. got this going on. got this going on. Everything's going smoothly. Everything's going as the plan is going on. But my point is, is, is the only thing to mess up your plan is hunger. And then when hunger comes, all of a sudden, the things that, that you were feasting your soul on, you don't want to eat as much of it, but you want to eat more of what he is feeding us. Does that make sense? So that what's important becomes, what was important becomes less important. I remember, the, I remember things. I remember that I would pour out my soul within me. How many of y'all, look at me, how many of y'all remember a time with God when you would Dump your heart out to him. Let's try that again with hands raised. How many remember a time whenever you were in a season with God where it was just like, I would come and just throw my soul on the altar. 
right? I'd present my, my, my body, not just in a sense of duty. I would throw my heart and my, 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 my longing on the altar, and I'd say, come consume this fire. Come consume this sacrifice. I used to go with the throng. Not only did I look at me, there's people in this room, I want you to hear what I'm saying. You didn't just participate. You led the group. I used to go along with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. I was the guy out front dancing and shouting and say, come and follow me to the Lord's house. And if you're in this room and that was you and you were the person who you not only went after God, but you was leading and going after God and you... And, and listen to me, I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to anybody else in this room. And you maybe have found yourself not the guy out front leading the charge for the heart of God. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to do better. I'm not telling you to suck it up. I'm not, I'm, all I'm saying is get hungry again. How many of y'all are knowing what I'm talking about this morning? Get hungry again. Hunger will make you do and live differently. Verse 5 says this. Why are you in despair on my soul? Why are you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Verse 6, oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan, from the peaks of Hermon, from the Mount of Mazar. Verse 7, deep. Deep calls to deep. And what I'm saying revival does and what hunger, look at me, what spiritual hunger does is there's this, there's this spiritual depth inside of you that is more than the surface level. That there's this deep place in you that longs for the deeper things of God. And that, when that begins to happen, when there's the sleeping giant inside of you, when there's the depth of something inside of you that hadn't, that's been dormant for a while, when that begins to arise and wake up and begin to cry out to God, deep cries to deep. And all your, it's like you're on the beach and you lay down and the waves of God and his breaker, they begin to wash over you. And here's what happens. How many of you ever been to the ocean? And you laid on the beach and you laid there on the edge. The waves come and the waves come and the waves come and they don't just leave you there. They suck you out. And the next thing you know, you fell asleep on the little raft right there at the, at the shore. The next thing you know, you look up 20 minutes later and you can hardly see the Right? Because it pulled you out. This is what God does. Is that his power, his spirit, it washes over us, the waves and the breakers, and they pull you into a deep place with God. And here's what I'm trying to say. If you're in this room and you've been doing surface level Christianity, if you're in this room and you've been doing surface level Christianity, there is a deep place with God that he wants to pull you back into and Hunger gets you there. Well, how do I get hungry? How do I, man? The only way I know how to tell you to get hungry is to eat the thing that makes you more hungry. That doesn't make sense because physically we eat and we get full. That's not how it is with God. It's not how it is with God. The more I taste the more I want. And the only reason I wouldn't want him is because I'm eating or tasting something else. Does that make sense? This is not me preaching, you know, some kind of like, y'all are going to hell, get right. I'm saying hunger. Let's read Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Raise me, think, think about if this was you. If this psalm described your life ever, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Anybody okay with that? The evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh and my adversaries and my enemies. They stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp around me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Verse 4. Raise your hand or, or let me know if this has ever been the definition of your walk with God. But there is this one thing I ask. 
How many remember a time in your walk with God where it was a one thing focus? This one thing I've asked, this one thing I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. This one thing, this, that's a hunger that I feel like Chester and maybe a lot of us in the room aren't walking in right now. Verse 5. For the day of the trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Verse 6. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry out my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. Is there a verse 8? You said, you said, God said, God said, seek my face. And this is what, this is what I love about David's writing. In response to what God said, he doesn't say, well, this is what I say. No, he makes it very specific. My heart says. This is my question. This is the question i got to ask Chester right now. Is my heart saying, your face, O Lord, I will seek? Does that make sense? What's my heart say right now? Am I hungry? Do I want him? Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. Revival is when God does something supernatural, sovereign. He moves in such a way that I become more hungry for him than anything else. That's revival. I'll do stuff I wasn't doing before. To go after him. I won't do stuff I was doing before, mainly because it doesn't it doesn't fill my appetite. Does that make sense? It, it cannot fill what he is doing in my heart and life. Does that make sense? Revival is very simple. Everybody's trying to complicate it, everybody's trying to define it, everybody's trying to Say it's this or this or that or that. Here's where revival is very simple. There's two types of revival in my opinion. There's personal revival. How many of you have ever been personally on fire for God or very hungry for God in the midst of a group of people who were just status quo? Right? We all have. And that's great. You want that. But there comes this special moment whenever... A corporate hunger goes across a people. Look at me. Look at me. All across the people. And we all at the same time are feasting on the Lord and his goodness and his presence and his power and his glory. And we all are hungry at the same time. And that's a whole nother level of wow. Amen. Because he's faithful to feed his people when they're hungry. Right? The promise is that those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. Now, I can see it in your heads. I can see it in my heart. I can see it in all of our lives at this very present moment as I'm talking right now about the idea of hunger. And about, look at me, and about the idea that hunger would cause me to change my life. Hunger would cause me to lay aside certain things and pick up certain things. And I can see the wheel spinning in the room. I can see the thoughts going through the air. How would I, my, my life is barely held together as it is right now with time and structure. How in the world could I fit more God into the equation? Y'all don't act like y'all don't think of that. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, my life is just doing this and this and this and how... And that's where the supernatural sovereignty of God comes in, where I don't have to convince you that going after him 
is better than the things you're filling your life with. That you taste and see, and it's not some man or some people saying, do this, don't do this, don't, don't do that, do this. It's you going, I choose you over all the good things of my life. Because there's this one thing. There's this one thing. There's a level of hunger. If you want to know what's happening at Asbury, this is what's happening at Asbury. A group of people have tapped into a level of hunger that dictates that they do things differently now. And that different has caught the attention of heaven. And heaven says, well, you'll be here, I'll be here. Oh, you're still here? Well, I'll still be here. I have, listen to me. So back in 1995 on Father's Day when Brownsville Revival happened in Pensacola, Florida. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Raise your hand if you, okay, raise your hand if you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. In, in 1995, the Brownsville Revival happened in Pensacola, Florida on Father's Day. From 1995 to about 2002, listen to what I'm about to say to you. From 2002, Tuesday night prayer meeting, thousands of people. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, revival services. Thousands of people. Sunday morning church. Monday night, you, did, you, uh, you slept. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, revival services. Thousands of people. It is estimated, listen to me, I'm not, I'm not it is estimated over a million people were born again in that revival from all over the world. This happened for five to seven years. Every They'd take the month of December off every week. Now, if I said, come sign up, we're going to do this, I'd have like maybe two or three names on the list. Just be honest, right? You want me to go six days a week, revival services, five to six to seven hours in a row, and do it every day, for basically, <laughs> for right, nobody signs up for that. Nobody goes, yeah, I'll just put my life on hold and we'll do this for a while. Nobody signs up for that. Yet millions and thousands who lived there did. Why? That's nuts. So. I'm going to pack my stuff up. I'm going to move to Pensacola, Florida. It's not because there wasn't a man. There was no famous people. There was no famous people. Nobody knew who John Kilpatrick was. Nobody knew who Steve, Steve Hill was a missionary in South America. Nobody knew these people. You, we know them now because revival happened, but most of, a lot of people in this room don't even know who I'm talking about. It, nobody knew. It wasn't a man. It was because you go on vacation, your dad tricks you into going to the beach on vacation. <laughs> And says, we're not going to go to the beach today. We're going to go to church. So what we're going to do is we're going to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning and go sit in the 100-degree sun for nine hours straight in a line with thousands of people to get into a building. Vacation my foot, right? You sit in one, you stand. I stood in one place in in, in 100-degree heat for nine hours straight, right? And then, y'all good? Everybody look right here. Everybody look right here. And then you get into a church service. And then, listen to me, you go through the church service. When you come out of the church service and everybody's driving back to their, where, they, where they go, their, their hotel, and your dad says, y'all want to go to the beach tomorrow? And your two teenage boys go, no. I mean, I mean, if you wanted to go to the beach, you know, we'll go to the beach because you're trying to act tough. But, you know, you know if we could back go to the church, that would be kind of cool tomorrow. One, one service. And teenage boys who are, they're, they're just, they want to go to the beach, who said, just one taste. Yeah, that's good. Now I'd rather go there. And my point is, that's not normal. Teenage boys don't go, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to go to the beach. That's not normal. What changed everything? Something resurrected, and I became more hungry 
for God than I did the beach. And something resurrected in those people that I, got, I, gained, I became more hungry for what God's doing than I am for my life that's on this certain track. So, Chester, what are you saying? All I'm saying is this. As a deer pants form the waters, so my soul longs for you. It's not just a pretty little Bible verse that makes a nice little song. It is either my heart longs for God is either real or it's not. There's not like this. There, there's not like this. Uh, again, the picture of the deer is not the picture of the deer walking through a meadow on his own schedule doing whatever he wants to do. The picture of a deer is he's running for his life to get to the stream because only at the stream can he live or die. That makes sense? So, revival is lots of things. Revival produces lots of things. It, make, it produces lots of things. But the number one thing revival does is it produces hunger. So I'm going to leave you with the question that i got to face myself right now. And there's really, look, there's no like, I, I can't come up with an answer to get me off the hook. It's a pretty much yes or no question. The question really is even, do you want revival? The question is, are you hungry? The question is, are you hungry? Amen? Amen. Let's read a little bit of Psalm 63 and we'll be done. Psalm 63 says this. God, you are my God. And I shall seek you earnestly. Them pesky Psalms creating this expectation of how it is, what it looks like, this man after God's own heart. Putting this out there about what it actually looks like to go after God. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I read this and go, Chester, is that you talking? That's my question. Is that you talking? Do you, is that, is that the earnest desire? So, what we're seeing is what's happening at Asbury is kind of just kind of, it's already starting to kind of just leak out a little bit and there's different places where people are experiencing God at, at a at a level that is disrupting their normal life. What if there was a storm coming? What if there was a move headed our way? Are we hungry? When David said, I remember, that punched me in the gut. Because the sad fact is I can remember a time when I was more hungry than I am right now. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? So this isn't a stand here and go, we're all terrible, let's do better. (laughs) This is a stand here and go, God make me hungry do not say that if you're not willing to be made hungry missy's been making me do these things lately where we go on a diet and i've learned enough to go that when she suggests going on a diet i only say yes if i mean it Because listen to me, Missy means it. And if I don't mean it the way she means it, 
then I don't, then it's not good for me. That makes sense what I'm saying? When we read, we read David here, and I'm saying to us as a church, let's fast and pray through the Psalms. Let's make his prayers our prayers. Do we mean it the way he meant it? Does that make sense? Are we asking for what he's asking for? I don't hear this. I hear a man who's desperate who's saying, Oh God, you are my God, right? My soul thirsts for you. That's the way I hear him say it. Not about how he says it, about the hunger he says it with. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man of heaven, because there's something, there's this fervency in that prayer that pushes you through the norm into the super, right? So when I say, though, are we hungry, I don't say, are we, do, and I don't even mean, look at me, I don't even mean, let's have extended church services. I don't even mean, let's have 24 hours, seven, I don't know what I'm asking for. I don't want to carbon copy what somebody, I have no idea what I'm asking for. But these things I know, that when he shows up and hunger is in my heart, it, it actually disru- it, it totally disrupts my life. There's things I got going on, he ain't got going on. That makes sense? And then the question, the question comes to me as I'm watching from here over there, Asbury happened. And, 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 and then here's the question when revival is all over our news feed. The question isn't, that's nice. Praise God. Good job, guys. The question isn't about, are we cheering them on? The question is, are we willing are we hungry enough to be Asbury also? I don't think it's the will of God. Listen to this very closely. I don't think it's the will of God for all America to drive to a very little small town in Kentucky. I'm not saying if you decide to go there, I might jump in your trunk. But what I am saying is I don't think it's the will of God for all of America to drive to a small town in Kentucky. What I am saying, I do believe it's the will of God for what's happening in a small town in Kentucky to happen in all America. As he is calling his bride to come. As he is perfecting his church and and, 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 and you hearing me? You hear me? At this present time, are we... Are we saying God's no respecter of persons? What he did for them, he'll do for us? Yeah. Or are we saying, that's nice. Good job, guys. Let us know if y'all need anything. That makes sense? So I'm not trying to say let's reproduce revival. I'm not saying let's manufacture revival. I am trying to say, Jim, you already. I am trying to say that if this was to happen here, I'd be okay with my life being rearranged. We've been crying out for revival in our city. We've been learning about revival, but I've never seen it. I didn't even know it was real. I'm like, I'm just sitting in class and they're telling us all these stories on college campuses and then going across the nation and we're like where when is this going to happen and then they lock you in a prayer room and you're just like hey you gotta ask for it and we're just sitting there like god i'm asking what what does it look like and then all of a sudden my friend Jaden says dude if jesus just localized himself and just sat his throne in a room how could we not drive six and a half hours to go see and we get here and we get here, and it was like complete, we get here at like 6 a.m., and it's completely silent. And I'm like, well, um, is this revival, God? And we walk upstairs, because we're kind of nervous. We're like kind of shaking already. We didn't get any sleep. Just their terrible road trip partners. They both fell asleep. I drove most of the way. But besides that, we go upstairs, and there's people like sleeping, and we're like, so this is revival, God? No. Cool, this, this is awesome. And then chapel starts. 
and immediately we just see people flooding in. And God said, revival isn't hype. It's ordinary people who are hungry. It's ordinary people who are hungry. And he said, Gage, I'm gonna need you to go to the altar. And I'm like, I don't wanna go to the altar. <laughs> and he's like, go to the altar. And I go to the altar and worship starts. And he's like, this is revival, look left. And I look left and there's this young college woman getting prayed over by an older woman. And he says, look right. And then there's this young guy praying over an older guy. And he says, look behind you. And everyone's just raising their hands. And he said, Gage, this is revival. It isn't hype, it's ordinary people crying out for a move of God in our generation. And I'm here to talk to everybody in this room who is hungry, what an honor, what an honor real. It isn't just a story we've heard about. It's come. And it's not just come here today, but it's about to spread out to the nation. It's about to spread out to the United States. And I'm here to talk to every young person in this room. I just gave my life a year and a half ago to Christ, and it has been the greatest thing I have ever done. I left everything, and I'm here to talk to every young person in this room. Forget the job, forget the girl, forget the guy, forget everything. He's worthy, he's worthy, and I'm here. And I'm just saying, oh, it's such an honor. If you don't feel that joy inside of you, I don't know what's going on. It's real. Amen, I love you guys. <laughs> He says, I don't know what's going on, but he knows it when he feels it. Right? Ordinary, wrote his revival, ordinary people who are just really hungry for God. I'm not going to call some famous preacher and come have, nah. Revival doesn't depend on the guy behind the pulpit. Revival depends on all of us. Being ordinary people hungry for God. Amen. We're not going to schedule it. We're not going to make it into. What we're, we're going to do is we're going to get hungry enough one day that everything changes. Amen. 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 There's lots of videos. If you want to go online and watch them, lots of videos coming out of Asbury. Again, this is a pretty much Methodist Wesleyan college, not necessarily uh, charismatic people. And matter of fact, there's this video I watched the other day where a woman starts having what they think is a seizure in the middle of the the service. I say the service. It's one long service for now. It's 15 days or whatever it is now. In the middle of the service, and they start calling an ambulance, and then one woman has the wherewithal to get up and says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And she screams, and the demon leaves, and the whole place erupts in praise and glory. Right? My... uh, my, I had a roommate, not a roommate, like in my particular room, but a room right across, you know, just on the other side of the hall. His name was Daniel Kalinda. Daniel Kalinda took over for Reinhard Bonnke. How many of you heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Reinhard Bonnke would go all over the world and have crusades with a million people in attendance. Gospel crusades where people would be healed and raised from that. Daniel Kalinda took Don, Reinhard Bonnke's spot when Reinhard Bonnke... Uh, he passed away not too long ago. He, he had to retire and then all this kind of stuff. And so this is a powerful man of God who's an international ministry. And he's driving at 3 a.m. to get there in the middle of the night just to sit in the balcony. Because what revival does, it takes everybody and it puts them on an equal footing. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? W- what is the common denominator? Uh, on, the, on the flip side of that, there's been lots of famous preachers and been even lots of famous news networks who've tried to go and do stories there, and they've said, please don't come. We don't need the national Fox News exposure. Literally, Tucker Carson called us asked if he could come and do a thing because he'd been doing it on his show, and they said, please don't come. Not, not that we don't like you. We just don't, you know, we, we, don't, we, don't want, well, we, we don't want to mess up the ordinary people who are hungry for God. Does that make sense? And so what it is, is this, you, you're going to look to your left and you'll have a famous person. You look to your right and there'll be an ordinary person. Everybody becomes ordinary when God's the center of attention. Yes. 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 That's what it is. It's an extreme Christ-centered, just hungry for him thing. That's what he said. I don't know what it, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening, but I want to honor it, right? I don't know what's happening, but this is real. So I'm not trying to create a method. I'm not trying to create a, me- a methodology. I'm not trying to create a system. I'm not trying to create a revival. I'm trying to create 
here a hunger to say, God, whatever you want to do, I say yes. Amen? Stand up on your feet. So the assignment isn't to have a prayer meeting right now. The assignment isn't to us try to do something right now. The assignment is, look, look at me. Raise your hand if you're actually reading the Psalms and you're going through them and doing what we, okay, okay, thank you. The assignment is to go find out if you're the deer that pants for water. To go find out if you're the man who longs for streams of living water. The assignment is to go ask yourself a very difficult question. Everybody, difficult question. Close your eyes and just ask yourself this question right now. And you can't answer it in this moment. This is the question you ask yourself. Am I hungry? Ask it this way. What is it that I want? And look, the hardest thing that I've had to do is fight off those but this and but my kids and but my this and but my that and but my this and but my that. And all these things start coming. Hang on. This one thing I've asked. This one thing I have desired. Just find out if you're hungry. And if you're not, and if you decide you want to be hungry, God, make me hungry. Be brave enough to pray the prayer. And be real enough to let the answer come alive in you. Amen? So, Father God, I pray that you would um, you would make yourself more aware and available to our hearts than we are currently pursuing. Pray that you would move. Pray that you would create in us a holy dissatisfaction that would cause us to pursue you in a way we are currently not. It is my prayer that if a wave of revival is coming across the nation and it desires to sweep over us and pull us out into the deep, it is my prayer that when that wave comes to this church that we know what we want. Prepare your people. In Jesus' name I pray.